Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living by the Law, the podcast discussing fictional worlds and how wondrous and ridiculous they are. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jude and Guy. Living by the Law is not currently sponsored. If you'd wish to sponsor us, look deep into the vortex of time itself and reflect on all that has been and all that will ever be. Think happy thoughts to yourself in the dead of night as you try to live in the present after all time has revealed itself to you. We will hear you. We always do. Or you could just email us. On today's episode, we will be discussing the Time Lords from the BBC show Doctor Who. Be aware, this episode will contain spoilers for the first 12 seasons or so of the Doctor Who Revived series. Why are we so slow? <laughs> the worst audio sync of all time. <laughs> that was terrible. It's honestly, it's, so slow, dude. It's, it's pretty on par for us, actually. Mm. Dude, that was so slow. What the fuck? Because I, I was you trying took literally to... five seconds to say the first number. I'm not a fucking conformist like you, sheep. <laughs> exactly. Um, it took okay. you five minutes to say one. Sheepest wake up. Okay. So, um, so it's funny you mentioned me taking a lot of time to go through the countdown of our audio sync because... Today's episode is all about dumb time travel shenanigans. Boy. Hey, guy. Hey, guy. What? Hey, guy. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? Sorry, I had to get out of the shower. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> Doctor who? Hey. How'd you know? <laughs> You took that from his hands, Matthew. You took the. He had an intro ready. I could hear it in his voice. You took no, it from I, I, his. I had. I had nothing ready. I was just trying to make a dumb segue. Out took it from his childish hands, um, like childish. a criminal. Um, I was just praying guy would play along because it was yeah. going to be emptiness. I was not going to reply I was, until yeah. he we did. We've started recording with video now and I'm looking directly into Matthew's eyes and seeing him during that just was a soul-shattering experience of having to look <laughs> into the abyss. It, it's like it's like when an eight-year-old has a joke they're really impressed about and all the adults are like, it's not that funny, but the eight-year-old's super excited so the adults have to play along anyway. Okay, okay. This is like... You, you kick, kick, kick the dog while it's down, but you, you guys make up jokes Who and we'll see what happens. Okay, come on. Exactly. I come here providing material for your for your episode, providing a great is joke. Thank you very is. much. If you just play along, it's more like kindling. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> a great joke like Mundungus Fletcher all over again. Man, listen to us go <laughs> okay, Podca- podcast. Go brr. We make such good content so quickly. <laughs> Yep, yep. Um, Wait, okay. So what are we doing again? <laughs> so t- <laughs> Cancel the intro. It's so, it's dead. So um, today's episode is about Doctor Who um, because I was trying to think of another lore thing other than Lord of the Rings that would be kind of dumb and boy howdy, the, the fucking lore and backstory they try to give you for this show is ridiculously freaking stupid. Like, holy fuck. Um, 
So anyway, it is, just for a bit of background, it is a BBC sci-fi series that has been running since 1963. Um, so already it's fucking huge. Uh, there was, however, a decent-sized break, I think about 20 years from memory, in the running from the 80s when the cancel uh, the show got cancelled. Um, on a massive cliffhanger, actually, which is kind of funny. But um, anyway, and it was then revived in the early 2000s with a new showrunner named Russell T. Davis. Um, and the show had a completely different tone to it. It was completely different. Um, and it was very successful when it came back in the early 2000s, enough that it's into its 12th season now of the revived season, uh, the revived series. Um, the show follows the time-traveling exploits of the Doctor, go figure, um, who is a humanoid alien from a race called the Time Lords. Um, he flies around time and space, acting as sort of an agent of sorts, fixing mistakes and helping people out. Um, How can there be mistakes? He... We'll get to that. Um <laughs> Trust me. Um, he usually travels with a companion. Usually travels with a companion um, who has often been a human. Go figure. It's the show's way of inserting a human perspective into it all and having like the dumb, clueless character that they can exp- give the exposition to. Um, but in the original show, before the revival, there had been all sorts of weird companions. There was robot companions. There was weird alien companions. Go figure. Um, so. To jump into some things about the law, um, so from a law point of view, like I say, it is a huge running TV show, which is nearly it's nearly reaching its seventy fifth year, with a grand total of thirty six seasons and nearly twenty nine days worth of straight content. Nice, nice. Um, and there has been a lot of change over the years, as you can imagine, um, going from black and white into yeah, you get the idea. Um, so of course, yeah, no. That means I, there has been a lot to change in the law, and that yeah, you, you go, Matt. No, I was like, I've, I I watched my, um, like most of the modern Doctor. Who. I haven't watched the old Doctor, Who, but I know what like the gist of it is about. Hmm. And like, like even like in the modern times, if you watch from like the modern times to like the end of what it's come, the law has changed in that so many fucking times. Yeah, how much like Marvel comic book style revisionist history is there? Um. Is there revisionist or is it just building upon and getting infinitely, like, stupidly complex? It's definitely the latter. <laughs> right, cool, cool, cool. Because <laughs> I, I appreciate, as much as it, you know, feels a little bit like a cop-out sometimes, I do appreciate the Marvel, like, eh, fuck it sort of approach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, <laughs> We've had we'll enough of that one. The, I discovered something, actually, which is kind of hilarious in my research for this episode, oh, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, it's just a so, big ball of timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. Oh boy, yes, there's going to be some exactly. excellent quotes. Um, yep. Um, so anyway, oh, Mira's barking, that's right. Um, so that's me, a lot of change, barking. yes, a lot of change in the law, um, and it, of course, is all about time travel. So many things that happen, and then they get locked in as law, but then because time travel, the doctor goes back in time, or one of his enemies goes back in time, and everything gets changed, and it's like, oh. Okay. Time travel go burr. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then the final big hurdle that comes up a lot in this show, which makes the law really hard to follow as a cohesive thing, is the change in showrunner and lead actor. Um so being a TV show, there is, of course, a large number of writers involved and they are all overseen by a lead showrunner who is the one in charge of the artistic direction, the overall storyline, and they get like the final say on things and they get to set the tone, for example. Uh, the thing is, as it's such a long running show with no end in sight, they've had a large number of showrunners throughout its time and each one of them brings their own little flair to it. Um, 
which gets a bit complicated um, because every showrunner wants to like leave their mark in a way and do some big thing. Um, so Matt, you may not be aware, but like if you've watched the new seasons, for example, um, Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant, those two actors ring a bell. Yeah, yeah, those yep. the first ones, right? Yeah, yeah, the first uh, two of the. Uh, they had the showrunner yeah. Russell T Davis, and then and when Matt Smith stepped in, there was a new showrunner. Because that's why the what? entire show changed, basically. Who was it? Fuck, it's Stephen on the top Moffat. of my tongue. Stephen Moffat. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, because he, he, I remember Stephen Moffat had some like solo episodes. Yeah, he took yeah. over as showrunner. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. people were like iffy about it. Yeah, yeah. It was um. Because he. But like it's it's kind of and the thing that I mentioned the actors different actors take the lead role kind of go figure like the other one of the other big British things James Bond uh, where they have lots of different actors take on the mantle of James Bond um, but in Doctor Who they give the explanation which um, the Time Lords can do the uh, can regenerate where they basically completely change their body and that's their way of cycling in a new actor. Um, but the thing that's kind of cool about it, because they show when one of the regenerations dies and they turn into a different actor, um, it really is that person dying. They kind of do become someone completely different. <laughs> Stephen so Moffat personally walks into the studio and stabs them through the chest. Yes. Um, the, actor, <laughs> the actor dies. Yeah. They get, that's the end um, of their career. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they um, actually... <laughs> funny that. Um, <laughs> Don't... <laughs> He actually did. Well, one of the actors did end up getting blacklisted by BBC and had some really bad things happen, but that's nice. Whoa! <laughs> um, Oopsie daisy. Also, combining yeah. the two facts of uh, switching actors, Doctor Who and James Bond, the one logical conclusion, which is that James Bond is a fucking time lord. There is some theories about James Bond. Actually, oh, Jesus that's, Christ. Um, that That's a whole other dumb thing. But um, anyway. shit. Um, what are we so doing? The cool, the cool kind of thing that I think is interesting about it, and if you go to any wikis or any fandoms about it, um, which I have to say, good Lord, I pray for you if you try to get too involved in the Doctor Who fandom. It is a nightmarish place on the internet. Um, you get some... Div- I mean, the, 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 it's a positive fan base, but it's just a lot if that makes sense. Like, um, you were saying last time, Guy, about the Hollow Knight fan base, how mm-hmm. they th- people thought they were negative, but it's literally just they're a very devoted fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely the case. They're very strongly devoted to it, and there's a shitload of them. Um, so it gets... It's 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 a lot, and not really something that you want to get too invested in, possibly, but if, if someone wants to, sure, why not? The Keepers um, of the Law. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that all of those things do say straight away is that because of the way the show is structured, there's different points where you can jump into um, and they are... Mm-hmm. What's the word? Um, they're kind of good starting points. You can start from that season without watching the other seasons because, um, go figure, ultimately at its core it is designed as a designed-for-everyone family show in Monster uh, of the, the BBC. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they don't it's what want... It, it's what it used to be. <laughs> yeah. And they, do, they don't want, you know, little little Timmy and his family who want to start watching season 11 with the new Doctor. They don't want them to have to go and watch 10 seasons worth of Doctor Who before they can start watching the new show. Um, Arguably that kind of stopped after Stephen Moffat took up because there's so much shit that literally every episode continues from the last episode nearly. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. Like certain... That's what I'm saying more so. Like... You can't watch halfway through a season. Like, if you try to watch halfway yeah. through season five, you're kind of fucked. Um, but 
if you start... Even some later, though. Mm. Oh, like, yeah, no, 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 no. Let me speak, Matthew. Um, it's not... You can't jump in anywhere, but there's points where you can jump in at the beginning of certain seasons, and they more or less ignore the seasons beforehand. Um, you can watch it as one big, cohesive story, but if you ignore um, Russell T. Davis era and start with the Stephen Moffat era, you can watch that and then watch it to the end of Matt Smith, and that's kind of like a self-contained TV show. You can do the same thing with Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant, or the first and second to fourth season of the new show, um, and that's kind of like a self-contained TV show, in a sense. Um, so yeah, that's the kind of thing that's cool about it, and then they go very different tonal directions between those big story blocks. Um, hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, it's... Um, one of the things that you can kind of do with the show, there's you have to be careful, I guess, where you start it. But generally, at the change of a showrunner or even the change of like the main actor and stuff, becomes like a self-contained story almost. Um, you can get the full experience out of watching seasons one right the way through to the latest seasons, but you can also stop it at certain points and begin at certain points. It was very funny. I watched an Australian Gogglebox go mm. yeah, Goggle episode where they watched one of the episodes of Doctor Who, but it was one of like the finales of a season and the nerds are sitting there in the chair like, oh my God, wow. And everyone else is there like, what, what the fuck's going on? It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, no <laughs> yeah. shit, dog. Yeah. Put them on on a monster yeah. of the week. Like, put them yeah. on on like a Weeping Angels episode. They'll, everyone will have a good time. That mm -hmm. sounds, mm -hmm. that is the dumbest thing. Why I, would they it was, it was an episode that was designed to fail. Point. Also yeah. because in the first season they had a group of nerds mm. as part of the TV series. So I think they had like an episode to appease them, which was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fair enough. Um, Just appease the nerds. They got, they got yeah. booted off after so, that season. Anyway. Um, so... I'm going to shift over to the focus mm -hmm. of the episode today, other than mentioning how fucked the lore is. Um, and the main focus is going to just be the Time Lords in mm. general, because there's some interesting things about them. Um, and I was going to make it about a bit broader, but then I realized how wild some of the lore for this stuff is. And I was like, you know what? I could just make a good little episode out of this. And then if we do more Doctor Who, then I can do other things at some point. We need maybe. more material. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> 40, 40 years if you take the break into account. It's like 40 years of time travel adventures that have fucked with the timeline a fuck ton. Getting in, into it would just be a fucking mess. Yeah. I yeah, can't exactly. imagine even making a wiki page um, for it, to be honest. God. Yeah. The other thing that I do want to add as well, because um, going back to what I was saying before, how you can kind of consider the end of the story at certain points, depending. Um, I myself haven't actually watched the latest two seasons of Doctor Who. Um, Neither have yeah, I. Yeah, no, I, I. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I finished on the one with the lady. What's her name? That, yeah, Whitaker. She was the one I didn't watch, and that yeah. was just literally because it wasn't on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I so, finished, I finished like, after the end. The end of Capaldi's run too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did watch the first. I watched some of Jodie Whittaker's season, and actually, it was quite good. Actually, her first season. There were some ups and downs, but um, it just. I think we, yeah, we stopped getting um, Foxtel, which is how we got BBC mm -hmm. shows. And then we just, eh, we weren't like, I'll just go back and rewatch all the um, seasons one to, uh, one to four. Mm -hmm. I'm content, you know. Um, the greatest thing about I having a say, flat, hmm? the greatest thing about having a flat is that every single, per every person owns like one software. So like on our TV, we have everything. 
and nice. and the greatest thing is we have we have um Disney Plus on the TV, but it's not even any of the person in the flat. It's our friend who comes over to our flat to hang out. <laughs> yeah, so he just nice. he's like, oh, do you want to just log into your account? So he's logged to his account, and now he's see the greatest thing out. about uh, having a person <laughs> who works in television in the family is that they make shows to different networks, which means that they need to have all of everything, including the fact that we have a Foxtel and a Fetchbox for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so. The thing I will quickly add for, I don't know, if anyone does listen to this that has watched the last two seasons, um, I discovered something in my <laughs> journey for finding lore for this episode. Um, they did a thing in the last season of Doctor Who, which has possibly been the most controversial thing they've ever done in the Jesus show, Christ. and it has completely divided the entire angry fan base. And More, um, than, bring it, more than saving Gallifrey? I mean, beyond that, like, so much the, more. The, <laughs> I, like I, that's one of the reasons I've always avoided the Doctor Who lore and stuff like that is that every single thing you yeah. get into, it's like, oh, I kind of like Capaldi. And everyone's like, you're a fucking idiot. It's like, what? I just like. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. It's it's it, there's 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 a fair bit of toxicity. It's like, I like there's that like companion. Th- no, you stop don't. that. That's the wrong opinion. <laughs> there's like there's yeah. like 10 or 5 percent of the. Th- they're that fucking, they're really fucking vocal, exactly. I was going to say. It's so loud. <laughs> it's so um, loud. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it's yeah, sad. the thing, if, if you want to have a bit of a uh, moment, just, just look up the Timeless Child at some point. It's a thing they did. Um, it kind of, the thing that it made people angry about, at least when they saved Gallifrey, it retconned, but it kind of did it in such a way that it added on to the lore of the, his, uh, the, lore of the show. The thing that they did with the timeless child, don't read it in now. Um, oh, but what it what they did with it kind of retconned all of the past seasons in such a way that it ruined a lot of the past characters and doctors. Um, they kind no. of they it, it. Long story short, it made the doctor into a Mary Sue rather than the doctor being a cool character. But it's long story. Um, yeah, yeah. How? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll tell you about it some other How time. How is it a Mary Sue? He's literally. Uh, he, he what? Yeah, don't worry about it for now. But the needless to say, we are. A, don't put that phone away. Um, I was googling it. Needless to say, I am ignoring. Also, because I just haven't seen that season, I'm ignoring the Timeless Child additions to law. I'm focusing mainly on the law from Old Who and stuff from the first, like mainly ninth and tenth seasons. Um, sorry. Ninth and tenth doctors, actors, so seasons one to four of the new seasons, and um, also some of the stuff beyond that, where you've got like um, Matt Smith as the actor, Peter Capaldi, that sort of laws more. I'm focusing on just because that's where it gets a bit easier and less controversial. Base, I suppose. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, Time Lords, they are like a humanoid. Like, hmm? we're, not, we're we're just about tw- like eighteen minutes in. And we're just starting the topic of the day. Well, well, let me let me speak, and we'll make more progress. Um, yeah. So, Time Lords are a humanoid race native to the planet Gallifrey. They are most well known for their creation and monopolization of time travel, being the first race in the known universe to create it. The Ninth Doctor said that the Time Lords existed for one billion years and had time travel for ten million of those billion years. Um, while in appearance, Time Lords are very much like humans, or humans like Time Lords, depending on which side you're on, um, they are, in fact, very, very different. So, 
Time Lords are sensitive to timelines, being able to see all that is, all that was, all that ever could be, but also what must not be. Um, wait, had... wait, 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 hmm? wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I, I gotta cut in there. <laughs> Firstly, mm-hmm. were they called the Time Lords before they made time travel? I'm gonna say we'll probably to not. <laughs> Because we'll that's like that. that's like a, that's a really good name. That's like a, you got really lucky there. Scott very pleasant. I mean, like there's so also, many. Yeah. <laughs> also, what they can see time? If, no, think about the guy from uh, uh, Men in Black Three. Have either okay, of you seen that movie? Men in Black Three. Like anyone, yeah. anyone remembers Men in hey, Black Three? Yeah, I don't really you, remember it. Though. Everyone's seen it. No one it, remembers it. It's got it. the little guy <laughs> who goes to the baseball games, and he's like, "I can see these real cool games." He looks at baseball. He's like, "This is real un- unlikely." It's like that's cute. It's a good movie. Um, yeah. So it's anyway. They're, they're, it's less like directly before their eyes, they see everything, and more just um, it's like I don't know. They can see extra things in a sense. Mm. Um, they're more and they're sensitive to it. Um, so they have an instinctive urge to, yeah, they have an instinctive urge to stay away from events that would always happen, which they refer to as fixed points in time. Um, these fixed points relate to one of the Time Lord's most, let's say, pretentious creations, I like to say, um, and that is the Laws of Time, um, which was fully created by the Time Lords. Um, they created, we'll get to it. To put it really bluntly, they created time travel first and then said, ha, this is the correct timeline now. These little laws get used to it. Um, the laws of time are mine. Yeah. You will obey me. Time, time, lords, time, lords, of the, that is time lords of the British. Time lords of the British. Is this yeah. how you live your life? Yeah. Follow our religion or die? Um, they made the rules because they, they got technology first and so they made yeah. the rules. Yeah, literally. Organization, um, go so, Well, annoyingly, annoyingly, there isn't like... There would be in the world on Gallifrey, I imagine, but I can't find, and I don't think there is provided to the fan base at any time, like a Ten Commandments-style list of these oh, laws of time. Um, but Thou they do include... shall not... Fuck around. Farts. <laughs> um, but they include things you'd expect, like not meeting yourself, not changing your own personal actions, or like huge actions of your people... Um, so to put it simply, it was the Time Lord's way of going, right, we have time travel. We could break everything. Here's the timeline. This is what is meant to happen. Um, we can't change these important events because if we do, it'll create huge ripple effects that will butterfly and ruin everything. So let's be careful of them. Yeah, um, Guy, I just want to make sense. Guy, uh, paradoxes kind of exist in this world, but kind of don't. There's an episode like, where Doctor Who meets himself twice. Actually, there's an episode where they yes. all meet themselves. They all, they all join Excuse together, me? Actually. Rule number one. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the thing. Like, these things happen, but but they they refer to paradox and they say, wow, it'd be terrible if that happened. And then it happens and they're like, wow. That was terrible. Cool. Let's keep going. <laughs> the things that... Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there, is, there is reasons why that's... Anyway, it's I fine, it's fine. Um, so one good example of these fixed points kind of being awkward and making Time Lord very uncomfortable... Um, in the episode Waters of Mars, which is right near the end of the Tenth Doctor's time, um, he finds himself at a human Mars space station in the year 2050, or in 2050-something, which, based on how like basic and it was meant to be the first ever external from Earth planetary space station thing, it's actually not entirely unrealistic to think that in 30 years we might have people on Mars, um, based on things that are going on, so maybe Doctor Who will be right. But um, anyway... When he gets there, um, he's just kind of 
his whole thing at this point, he knows he's going to die soon. So he's just kind of checking out cool things um, as you do when you've got a time machine, but you know, you're going to die soon. Um, he is like spying on this place, just taking it in. And then people find him. They think he's a stowaway and he gets taken captive by the humans and they're all super new to space. Um, and he realizes that they are a doomed group of people as their base will in the next day, go into complete silence with the earth and self detonate, which will kill the entire crew. Um, while the Doctor and the Time Lords of old would usually be the ones to save people's lives, he knows that this event and the mysterious death of the crew is what inspires the Captain's granddaughter and her entire family tree afterward to become the leading pioneer for humanity taking steps into the cosmos. So he realises that if he were to save all these people, it'd kind of create a huge ripple effect, potentially crippling humanity's travel beyond the known galaxy. So he's like, this is a fixed point, I kind of got into feel with it. And you see him being very uncomfortable with the whole situation. Um, so, to answer your first question before, Matt, um, before time travel. before Originally, the Time Lords were simply known as the Gallifreyans. And they were kind of just advanced humans that lived a lot longer and stuff. They didn't have regeneration. They didn't have any of that stuff. They were just kind of space elves, I guess. Um, but that all changed when one of their leaders, who was named Rassilon came out with a new technology called the Eye of Harmony. And this is when you physics people are going to just lose your brain a little bit, I think. It's fine. Wait, did they... Okay, so like it's a common Doctor Who like little f like fun fact that Doctor has two hearts. Did the Gallifreyans have two hearts? Normally? Yes, they do. Um, okay. That's 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 kind of the justification for them having a long lifespan. Get, <laughs> that doesn't yeah. work, but that's okay. Um, do they get into like... <laughs> do they get into like body mod or anything like that? Like, are they into like putting shit into themselves? Um, heroin a bit yes, i mean hard. yes they they did they were you got to bear in mind because this was a civilization that were like meant to be the oldest and mightiest in the universe they lived they were a civilization for a billion years and if you consider what technology humans with our shittiness have done in like a few thousand years if you consider what a race which lives longer and is meant to be more well they've become more intelligent because they've got so many more years to study and stuff um, if you consider what they could accomplish in billion, like a billion years before the 10 million with time travel, they were pretty advanced. Okay. Um, so yeah, they would do all sorts of stuff. Um, and anyway, so he comes out with this new technology called the Eye of Harmony, which held the secret to time travel among some other huge technological leaps, um, which is also which allowed um, Rassilon scientists to graph a third helix onto the Gallifreyan's double helix DNA. And this third helix, which was powered by the time travel stuff, is what gave them the ability to regenerate. Um, and wait, 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 and does that is that third helix allow them to see through time, or is was, could they see through time always? This this is what more connects them to time travel, and this is what creates the time lords. They're adding additional uh, features. It's an overhaul. It's one point Yeah, that that kind of yeah. makes sense to be honest. That's why but they, they the got time inside them. Yeah, exactly, because, um, so anyway, the Eye of Harmony, just to give you the science behind it. Um, <laughs> um, I want to do this, Jude. So the Eye of Harmony, also known as, on the bright side, it's so far-fetched and beyond our current understanding that's like, laugh, mm, you mm. laugh at it, but it's also like, I guess, I suppose we kind of don't maybe have enough knowledge to completely question it, unlike the Marvel stuff where it's like, hang on, buddy. That's not how magnets work. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, so, I'll get um, it. Don't worry. I'll get, I'll get it. Don't worry. 
yeah, low yeah. level. Um, so the Eye of Harmony, also known as Rassilon's Star, was the source of power for the Time Lords, from which time travel was possible, and it was also the source of all power on Gallifrey. Um, it was asserted to be the centre of the Web of Time, which, to put it simply, is when they created time travel for the first time, they had to establish this is the timeline of the universe, and the original Eye of Harmony, which is in Gallifrey, is kind of the centre point of that. So, so they so kind of did... made themselves the centre of time. Fucking did, wankers. Did they? Did they? Did the scientists make this, or did they just find it? They bit of both. So the eye was created by suspending time around an exploding star that was in the act of becoming a black hole, and they harnessed the potential energy of a collapse that would never occur. And this is what gave them the ability to time travel. I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess. I mean. Poten- That's a lot potential of potential energy. energy is still limited. The idea uh-huh. that it's infinite um, is questionable. Yep. Yeah. But yep. It, it could be it could be like to a such an extent that it's basically limited. It's basically yeah. limitless is not limitless. This is, yeah. But like you're never um, gonna run out. You gotta you gotta bear in mind these are people who they have Time Lord science as they refer to it, or Gallifreyan science, which is so advanced they're already working with multiverses and stuff, because if you think about you know, both of you have a rough idea. I think most people in any form of nerdum have a rough idea of what the TARDIS is. The fact that it's a little blue box that's bigger on the inside because it's basically like the blue box is more just a gateway into a multiverse, um, like an extra dimensional plane, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. Um, it's it's a time travel machine. Yeah, exactly. Um, what does it stand for, it, dude? What's it stand for? Um, time and relative dimension in space. Mm-hmm. Yes, I had to look it up before the episode because I don't remember. He's beautiful. He's beautiful, though. He's got it, though. <laughs> yeah, what can I say? Um, so, anyway, these... So, they had the science, supposedly, to be able to suspend this. They basically... Um, so, according to the 11th Doctor, um, they would rip the star from its orbit and then they suspended it in this permanent state of decay where it was becoming a black hole. Um, and then the power of the explosion of the black hole star thing... Um, Black Hole Sun. Any fans out there? Um, (laughs) Sorry, that was an obscure music joke. Um, And the elements... um, Anyway, so then um, it's... Yeah, I'm just going to put it really simply. That's what they do. And um, the first one was a particularly large star, and that's what made the Eye of Harmony. But then um, after they discovered this time travel science thing, um, they used it so at the centre of every TARDIS is kind of a mini version of the Eye of Harmony where they've taken a sun that is exploding and then they've kind of suspended it and then that's how they power the TARDISes and stuff that travel in time. Mm. Yeah, so there's the science behind time travel. Um, But the funny thing, well, funny, uh, whatever, Um, the power of this thing, because go figure, it's literally a fucking sun exploding but suspended in time. Um, They've channeled it into like a containment field which is kept at the center of their capital city's uh, like lowest floor um but it's um oh, how to word this <laughs> it's worked in it's it's kind of balanced with the mass of the planet itself um so if the planet if the eye of harmony got removed from gallifrey the entire planet's matter would turn into antimatter and that wouldn't be great no um, um, I don't know, sci- science gober, I guess. Um. <laughs> quick, okay. Um. Matt, I'm going to need you to change the description. 
on our Spotify page <laughs> from Magical Wonderful Worlds or whatever to Podcast Go Burr or Law Go Burr. <laughs> <laughs> to very, very confusing. <laughs> so, okay, so... Okay, I know you're probably going to explain this, but the TARDISes have personalities, though? Yeah, um, that's So more... are the stars alive? Um, it doesn't... Uh, what's the word? Think of it like the TARDISes as a whole is much more complicated. So, like, if you argued that our heart is our power source or whatever particular part, ignoring the brain, um, think the star that powers the heart, the TARDIS, isn't the brain. Okay, it's so the so fuel. so the star is the power source, and then the yeah. machine itself is the TARDIS, like yeah, computer. Yeah. It's probably yeah, got an exactly. AI inside it. Okay, that yeah, makes every sense. yeah, it's more of like a telepathic being that's created through science shenanigans. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it's more <laughs> so, than an AI. It's kind of beyond it. So, with the Eye of Harmony fully established and fully understood, um, Rassilon began turning Gallifreyans into Time Lords. Um, by giving them this power of regeneration, um, which when you consider you've got a race which is already considered immortal and like this super crazy powerful race by other people in the universe, when they suddenly can regenerate now, it's like, dude, that's OP. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, this was the beginning of the Time Lords. And originally there was a degree of prejudice among the Time Lords, as it was only certain great houses of and like Gallifreyans of special importance that were deemed worthy of becoming Time Lords. Um, so there was kind of like a master race sort of thing on Gallifrey, where you had the Gallifreyans and then you had the Time Lords, who were basically just genetically enhanced Gallifreyans. Um, Shit. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty fucked up. Um and suppose like it's really the amount of prejudice here is like um there's the, an entire like southern part of the planet where if you came from there you flat out were not allowed to become a time lord you were just too lower class um right. yeah. well i guess class class doesn't uh, go away after yeah. billions of yeah. years that's kind yeah. of sad it's, that yep. cla- it's it's almost like you could it's almost like you could say the bbc writers were trying to make a statement about britain's history or something <laughs> i was going to say there's a meme of um uh, the astronaut meme. It's like all of world history. It's all class struggle always has been. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but eventually over, cause go figure, they had this eye of harmony in time travel for 10 million years. Um, it's a fucking long time. Um, over a very long time, eventually all Gallifreyans became time Lords. So they, by the time of the TV show, Gallifreyan and time Lord means the same thing, but originally it was two separate things. Um, and it's unclear, just in the lore, it's unclear if it was due to any kind of social justice winning out or if it was just simply the Time Lords outbred the Gallifreyans eventually, which is, people really hope it's one, but it's probably Those the Those super high collars are really sexy, to be fair. Hmm. Um, anyway, so um, the... Yeah, the other thing as well, which I'm not going to touch on it too much because it's one of those things that's really deep lore that's just... It's just a bit... I did start looking into it, but it was just, it would have just been needlessly extra complicated. But yes, in the early days and even in the later days of it, there was great houses of um, Time Lords, you know, standard kind of nobility and people like that. But that's, we're not really going to touch on the great houses too much because it's just unnecessary. Um, so the next fun thing, just to throw your confusion even further. Um, <laughs> is the um, Time War. 
um, which you'll know a little bit about if you've seen any of the new I've show. I've heard the term. Um, Question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know time because I I watched the show for the clip. I know time lords see, don't see like g- gender. Um, they see gender as kind of a like both. They don't really care because it's like because you can regenerate and become like a, a changed gender that kind of thing. So genders mm-hmm. aren't really isn't really a thing on Gallifrey. But was gender a thing before that? Yes, well before because when they were just Gallifreyans, they didn't regenerate. Yeah, so they were they were they were like gendered before yeah, that, but yeah, now it's yeah. kind of like just like. Well, I guess yeah. you're, you're just you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we'll get into it because technically, um, there's a. It was technically a plot point from the original show, which it got fixed in universes. In like the Doctor went and fixed it before they ended, and then the new show began. Um, but there was like a curse on Gallifrey where everyone became unable to have children. Um, and it was like yeah. a way of stopping the Time Lords. And it was like, ha, you can't beat this. You'll die eventually. Um, so then they created a way of cr- gr- basically you grew children on Gallifrey. You didn't. I remember you didn't, this. You oh. didn't really do the thing to have kids. You grew a child, um, which you know say what you will. So that's also kind of feeds into um, because you got to bear in mind all of this stuff's happening over like millions of years. Um, so it would have been confusing at first because imagine you know you and your wife are some snobby upper class Gallifreyan noble. And then you get the gift of becoming a Time Lord. And then your wife turns into a dude. And it's like, I wasn't expecting this. And then you turn <laughs> into a chick. And then it's it would be a bit confusing, you know? Um, so, obviously, some people would have been more for it, more people against it. That's unnecessary to talk about um, discussions that would have come up. But um, it kind of helped, in a sense, that all of a sudden they didn't have kids the conventional way. They had to use science to create them that kind of made gender and stuff less of importance. Do um, Gallifreyans still fuck? They can and they do. Yeah. Time, yeah. Lords, time Lords fuck. You know they do. Yeah. Can <laughs> I also say, every time it's mentioned that Time Lords <laughs> fixed something, I get extremely nervous because half the time it's like, they were the heroes and ran in and saved the day. And the other time it's like, they dropped like 18 atom bombs on them and just called it a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to get to their dropping 18 atom Uh-oh. bombs. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, we, had, we had a small problem of rebellion. We fixed it. Don't worry. <laughs> the, the prisoners have armed themselves. Sorry. The slaves without jobs. <laughs> the, yeah, I don't like, I don't like that word. <laughs> what? What? Jobs? Why would I not like a oh, mainframe? Why would I not like mainframe? <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> so originally, the Gallifreyans and the Time Lords were a fairly war-heavy people. Um, they kind of saw it as their duty to fight huge conflicts for other nations, <clears throat> um, Americans, Russians, <laughs> what? Um, and then this led to some crazy conflicts. One of the last of these was a war against the Great Vampires. Um, lovely. Um, Sorry. Now that you commented on it, Jude, right. it has to stay in the recording. You're aware of that, correct? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but the so, thing is, you guys could hear a lot here, a lot more than other people. Yeah. You anyway. Um, so, yes, there were vampires in the universe of Doctor Who. I was and... about to say that. I was like, what? Yep. And, like, actual vampires, not the Matt Smith episode Vampires of Venice, where they're kind of just fish people. Um, like, actual vampires. 
um, and they had massive wars against the Time Lords in their early days, um, but they had one final conflict which was so long and bloody that they just completely turned against violence afterwards. They were just like, yeah, we can't do this war thing anymore, it's not good. Um, so for that point onwards in their history, they adopted a very strict policy of non-interference. Um, so a quick inserting the first quote here, because the entire freaking lore of this world comes from random quotes and random episodes, um, which comes from the, in season three from the 10th Doctor, um, and on the continent of Wild Endeavor, in the mountains of Solace and Solitude, there stood the Citadel of the Time Lords the oldest and most mighty race in the universe, looking down on the galaxies below, swore never to interfere, only to watch. Which, I mean, coming from the guy that goes around and interferes... I was going to say, there's a whole lot of interfering um, in the show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But we will actually get to that, because there is a reason why he does that. Um, I mean, it's it's really interesting. mm Mm-hmm. I, like the the fact of like not interfering and stuff mm-hmm. because like I don't know, I've I've read similar books where it's like instead of like time travel it's like multiverses where you have like really powerful wizards and the whole point like the wizards could stop these two nations mm-hmm. warring at an instance they could just walk they could go and go stop mm-hmm. um, but they like there's like a whole thing about not interfering because you never know what the consequences of your actions yeah, will yeah, be yeah exactly. Um, and that kind of feeds into the Time War eventually because there's they stuck to this policy for a long time. Um, and, of course, they were dragged... But they eventually got dragged into some very serious wars in the future. Um, during this period, they still sent out operative-like Time Lords on sort of covert ops to assist people, which is where the Doctor comes, on, uh, comes in with early seasons of the show because the original seasons was when the Time Lords were in their whole no interference, we don't get involved in that stuff. So the Doctor was originally, as well as being a bit of a free agent who just wanted to go off and do his own thing, he would occasionally get pulled in by the Time Lord High Council and be sent on a specific task, um, which, interestingly enough, actually results in him creating the Daleks, but that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, just to fuck with people's brains even more. Um, so there's eventually they get dragged into a thing called the war in heaven but this is like some weird deep lore thing that's just no this would be like me reciting the silmarillion to you guys i'm not going to do that um and then eventually the time war which people anyone that's seen the show will have heard of um but to put it super simply um there was another race called the daleks who when the time lords were in their non-interference stage and busy protecting people um the daleks managed to create time travel um and then they started, they wanted to try and get the Time Lords into a war because they figured that if they could defeat the Time Lords, they were the most elite people in the universe. Um, do, you want to, do you want to explain what Daleks are? It's a good point. Um, <laughs> they're kind of robots. Um, <sighs> there is a race that they're, lives they're inside me- the robot. They're meant to be, um, originally they were a, they became a genetically enhanced genetically created whatever you want to say race um that started in a more humanoid form but became complete squid like things in the end and their whole thing was they were genetically bred to be nothing but hate they've got every other emotion removed so they're just like the ultimate death race um they think everything that is not themselves is impure and has to be purged and that they are the only life worthy living Listen, um worthy of living in the universe B- so B- kind of bbc might like a little bit of complicated law but we must applaud them for just the most complex and subtle uh 
sort of illusion to race that I've ever seen in any uh, to racism I've ever seen in any media ever. Yeah, just so mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hitting it sort of just yep. curving right by it like a, like a velvet touch. Yep. yep. I, what I really like about the Daleks, well, what it, like they are like a squid type race, but they're inside like a metal case, like mm-hmm. a metal machine that is basically indestructible but there's a lot of things that can destroy it but um it's supposed to be indestructible and like the whole point their race was so paranoid that they shut their entire race inside metal machines which is like what the fuck yeah 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 um so anyway they in their quest to become the most powerful race in the universe they saw the time lords as the people they had to knock off issue was to get the time lords into a war was very difficult because they were very good at avoiding conflict. They um, had their whole non-interference nope. thing. So basically the um, Daleks just began destroying all of the closest friends and allies of the Time Lords until eventually they had no choice but to go to war because it was like, oh, it's okay. You're not going to fight us. Okay, we're just going to blow up your neighbours. We're going to blow up your best friend and their dog. Do they not find Gallifrey? Um, they do eventually get to Gallifrey, but it's one of those things they, <laughs> they didn't up. they didn't want to just rock up to Gallifrey. Like the time war was a huge thing, like across multiple galaxies and stuff. Um, and getting to Gallifrey while they were at full strength would be, you know, impossible. Um, yeah, they would have been like surrounded. And they, yeah, they so they were trying was. to they were trying to egg them into a war, which they eventually did by attacking all of their allies. Um, funny idea. seeing a nation bring another nation into a war by attacking one of the allies. We've never seen that before. Um, BBC being so goddamn <laughs> subtle. They're so know, good at it. I know. Um, but the interesting thing about the Time War, um, which I will briefly say before we move on, is that um, it happens all off screen. Um, the show before the cancellation in the 80s was all set before Time War. And then it came back in the 2000s, and the showrunner, Russell T. Davis, was like, We need something big. We need to justify where Doctor Who's been for the last 20 years. He was fighting a war. Um, so they did this whole thing, and then he came back, and he was a really, really dark character, and the whole tone of the show was so dark compared to what it used to be because he was the last of the Time Lords. That was his whole thing. Um, and he killed all of his own race as well as the Daleks to stop more people dying. Um, and, yeah, so that's kind of a rough thing. Um, so moving on. Into it's really fucked what... up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's moving it is, on from, like, from killing an entire yeah, race yeah. to... Like... Destroyed two races? <laughs> Fuck me. Uh-huh. Um, and while they do kind of, like I say, with the Stephen Moffat era, kind of retcon Gallifrey's destruction in a sense, it's still kind of... It almost makes it more screwed up, because if anyone knows, basically the way they retcon it is by um, the device that the Doctor uses to destroy the Time Lords and the Daleks in like their final fight at Gallifrey um, is a device which is so advanced it has its own intelligence um and the intelligence basically sends the doctor to see future versions of himself so he can see what happens to him and how fucked up he is mentally from what he does because he thinks he can do it and just walk away but he realizes this is really going to screw me up as well um so then they eventually come to the conclusion of using the instead of using the device they transport the planet and all of the remaining Time Lords and freeze them in like a little pocket universe, um, which then results in the Daleks destroying themselves, I think, because they're all shooting at the planet and then the planet disappears. So, haha, guns. Um, Fold them up in space time yes. like a ravioli. 
yeah, literally, just fold them up like they're ravioli, <laughs> and then they disappear. But the issue is they lose all memory of it. So the doctors, he th- he still thinks that he destroyed them all because he went into this place to use this weapon, and then he walked out with no memory of what had actually happened. But everything was gone, so it kind of it almost makes it worse. You know what I mean? That he thinks he goes this whole time thinking that he killed them all when in truth he didn't actually. Um, but anyway, yeah. And then there's uh, sorry what. Mm. The, um, like I swear that you could have you could count it would be hard to count how many episodes he references the time war in the new series. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a huge uh, thing. It, it, some great fucking speeches though. Oh, yeah. I love his speeches mm-hmm. about the time war. Um, so anyway, um, moving on a little bit, we're going to move into what makes them special. Um, so what is so this is just some basic time lord info, like what they are in terms the Jude. of. Hmm? Everyone's special. See, that's that's the thing. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I will discuss some of the things that are unique about their race. So what makes their race different to other races? Um, the main physical difference is that Time Lords have a, what has been coined, a binary vascular system, meaning that they have two hearts. Um, there's no other f- obvious physical difference, um, quite different to humans. Um the Time Lords are viewed as immortal by other beings um, just because they can live for a really long time and their most unique ability, of course, as I mentioned, regenerating, um, which is what really sets them apart from other races because there's other things in the universe that can live for a really long time, but none of them can just cheat death in the same way Time Lords do. Um, Is there always that limit on regeneration? You're about to get to that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So regenerating, it's a big thing to break down. So I'll talk about Except the other... when the show needs it not to be. <laughs> you just believed we'll so hard. Um, so regenerating, we'll, we'll break it down a little bit more in a bit. I'm just going to talk about their other unique things before I break individual parts down. Um, so they have this vastly extended lifespan um, that is loosely connected to their two hearts, but whatever. It's kind of just an elves or OP, I guess. Um and they can live for hundreds of years without showing too many signs of aging at all, really. Um, and Time Lords are shown to have a low form of psychic power. Um, the Doctor uses this a couple times to do things to people's mind. Um, in Season 2, he uses it to put a child to sleep so that he can speak with this entity that's possessed the kid. Um, but then he also uses it to completely wipe the mind of one of his companions, Donna Noble, where he has to completely erase himself from her mind so that she doesn't die. Um it's a little uh, step anyway. up. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. What, what, so on your resume, it's like, oh, what, what can you do? Um, well, I have slight uh, psionic abilities. I can uh, put you to sleep and I can entirely erase my existence from your brain. Yeah, exactly. You'll never know but what then I he also uses it like. Exactly. <laughs> and he also does a thing in one of, the late, um, one of the Matt Smith seasons, so the 11th regeneration of the Doctor, where he um, does like a memory blast where he just like... Um, <laughs> bumps heads and just basically psychically gives him a whole bunch of memories like a little powerpoint i guess i don't know just to give the dude an understanding of who the fuck he is um so it's yeah kind of sort of low level psychic stuff i do enjoy Um, like a lot of these expanding extended series how they just sort of catch all abilities where they can just sort of mm. be what they need them to be like oh why the fuck would this random dude go along with the doctor oh psychic abilities we'll just have him fucking powerpoint the dude mentally that's awesome yeah, it's it's also it's also one of those things where like it's um quite um the way that they use this low psychic power, it's very much a 
super soft magic system of sorts um, works quite well in that regard as it you know does exactly what you want a soft magic system to do it adds like the little bit of extra mystery to the character makes them that little bit more special it makes them a little bit more um, of a casual <laughs> it's just yeah. just like a screwdriver it does what the plot what needs it to do at the time <laughs> Um, sort of. There's, um, there's but rules, it's, it's, but like, it's, come on. It's it's never used with the psychic stuff. It's never used as like a huge tension saving thing because you know it'd be a bit cheap if he just um, what's the word? Apart from you know you you get the odd dud episode. Ultimately, the only way he defeats the big enemies and stuff is through big brain smart moves and stuff. Not oh, I just have this magic ability of shooting a thing. You know, um. Sometimes he does just shoot something. That's what I mean. But he you shoots get, it in a smart way. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, anyway, back to regenerations. Um, regenerating is described by the Doctor as a way that the Time Lords have of cheating death a few times before they finally die. So, for example, if they are shot, um, their body sort of flushes this time vortex-like energy through them and their body quite literally regenerates and completely changes in the process. Um, so, when a Time Lords regenerate, it is literally every single cell within their body completely being recreated right the way down to their brain cells. Um, it is kind of as if their dead or dying body is shifted out of existence and transferred with a fully functioning healthy one. Um, of course, this does change quite a lot in the individual. The most obvious one is their entire body changing, aka another actor, um, as originally regeneration was sort of a genius way, at the time at least, of keeping the hugely successful show going with the same protagonist, even when the first Doctor's actor could no longer play the role. Because they got to the point where the actor was like, "I this has been a great few seasons, but kind of old. I gotta leave this." And they're like, "Ah, oh, shit! But we want to keep going." Ah, regeneration. Um, which you know, when you consider at the time, it was a brand new sci-fi show, and they had other things like James Bond that were just casually subbing in and out actors with no explanation. It was kind of a smart thing at the time. Um, so it. Um, of course, breathe uh, some fresh life into the show as each new regeneration meant a slightly different kind of doctor, um, which leads me to the next point of regeneration. Um, aside from the entire change of physical body, the when Time Lord regenerates, their entire personality and character can change quite drastically. The only things that don't change um, with regeneration are memories, abilities, and capabilities. So like their intelligence for example they don't become like back to child level smartness or anything um and they're very very like core character mm. um so for example well the doctor for example change uh, regenerates a number of times um and that changes a lot about him which i'll do a little bit of example so you can see from a law perspective how these individuals change completely um it's always at the very core the same regular time lord traveling about with his companions exploring and saving people as they go so at the very like heart of it they don't completely change but the personality on a surface level changes if that makes sense mm. i was gonna say because yeah. time lords get like titles mm. don't they like the doctor or you know other ones like that yeah i'll, I'll give a little bit of explanation to that later okay, on, cool. but um yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit interesting it's a bit interesting because um the like I, the the episodes where he has the same companion when he regenerates are interesting because they're like it's like you're traveling around with one person it's like they kind of change but they're kind of not they're the same mm -hmm. person but 
they've got a different like yeah. personality. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's weird. Exactly. Um, and sometimes, though. sometimes it goes. Sometimes it's used as a um, character development sort of thing of the companions interactions with the doctor then affects the man that they change into because of what they were but then sometimes it just kind of changes and it neither of them are better than the other it's greater generally it's been great either way but sometimes when it um changes it's just like oh this is just a completely different dynamic now sure also i don't know if you're gonna talk about it it's kind of random but kind of not like they kind of they can influence what they change sort of well i remember the capaldi because Capaldi had already been in the series. I remember he there was a whole episode about why he chose that face. Yeah, um, he he less said it as um, it was less him choosing it and more he got that face. So I remember the episode talking about he says, oh, I know why I've been given this face rather than yeah. I know why. He didn't physically choose that face, but it was kind of given to him and he realizes that for a reason. Um, so like you say, that's one of those things where he's got that face from because ultimately his memory is still there. It's given him that face as a memory of this is what you can do. Um, so yeah, there is, there's some degree of um, influence, I guess you could say, on what they look like. Um, not always. Sometimes it's random, but it's not always completely yeah. random. I remember there being like someone in the old old Who. I don't know. I can't. I didn't. I obviously haven't watched it, but I remember. I remember. Like, I was, I've watched videos of Doctor Who. There was like some old doctor person who could to chose what they changed. Did they chose to change? Yeah. So um, there was an old I, I think it was either the third or the fourth, but um, one of the seasons of Doctor Who basically they decided that they wanted, it was BBC's way of needing to save money, so they decided the entire season was going to be set on Earth. Um, no space travel at all. There was still all the, you know, monster of the week sort of thing, but it was all set on Earth. And this is like when they introduced things like UNIT, which is like a um, United Nations task force sort of thing. It's basically, um, it's kind of just like a, um, a UN group of soldiers who are meant to be protecting from aliens and stuff, to put it super simple. It's an Area 51 um, UN, like, yeah? Yeah, kind of, kind of. Except a lot more British. Um, of course. <laughs> of course. Everything's yeah. British. Yeah, well, actually, they become more American in some of the late seasons, which is kind of hilarious. But anyway, um, so then you get things like um, Unit coming along, and then the Doctor becomes a member of Unit for this season where he's stuck on Earth. Um, and they kind of sold it as because of shit that he did in his previous regeneration. They banished him to Earth. And they were like, no, you aren't allowed to travel time. You're stuck on Earth now. Um and, um, well, they told him that he was going to be sent to a planet and he was already friendly with people from Earth, so he chose that as his place of um, banishment. And when they sent him away, they also said, we're going to also force you to regenerate because they had a device which could be used to literally... It was kind of messed up, if you think about it, because it's not quite killing someone, but you're kind of killing someone. Um, so anyway, and um, they used this on him and because it was the, because bear in mind their entire regeneration thing came from genetic modifications. So the scientists at the source of it kind of do have more control over it, if that makes sense. Um, so that when he did that, they gave him a bit of fine, we'll also let you choose a little bit what your new body looks like, but we're going to force you to regenerate for what you've done. Um, it's yeah. Anyway dumb stuff from this is like back in the black and white days <laughs> you're on house arrest which nice. house do you want to be arrested at 
Yeah, exactly. exactly. There's <laughs> the cool one with all my it. friends in it. Yeah, it's kind of exactly. it's kind of weird. Like you kill if you like. I don't, I'm not saying killing people's like, okay. If you kill someone, they're gone, right? That you they're not gonna remember. But if, if you regenerate someone, they can still remember that you you made them regenerate, right? So yeah, it's like exactly. you kill someone, they're still around, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's that's why it's like. But it's also the high council and the government <laughs> forced to do it. Yeah, guy's eyes when I said, well, kids killing I thought you were going to get in some real moral <laughs> topics, and I was, yeah. No, I mean, it proves how hard, why having the Time Lords as an enemy is a bit of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, some of them, the smarter ones, are really hard to kill, and then when you finally do kill them, they just come back. We killed them all! Um, we bombed their facility! What's, the, what's that glowing light? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... But anyway, so other than their very core personality, literally everything about them can change. They can go from a super serious, really scarred, no joking around old man to a young, jovial, blabbering uh, lunatic. And of course, the other thing um, I believe has been around for a long time in this show, but just happens to have been put in the spotlight recently. Um, A Time Lord can even change sex completely during regeneration which has been the case with the Doctor and the Master, who's another important Time Lord survivor in the new seasons. Um, And in recent seasons, sorry, they changed from the Master turned into a female first and then back into a male, and then the Doctor changed into a female in the most recent seasons. Um, Yeah, that was... So that's, yeah, literally everything can change, which is kind of whack when you think about it. Um, And like I said, it kind of contributes to, like, their... um, they, I sub- yeah, we kind of talked about before how um, it would have been some strange dynamics when it first happened because the people that were like first turned into Time Lords when they first regenerated, it would have been really interesting. Um, and also the fact that you can die as like a super young looking person and then come back as a super old looking person. It's not like you, um, it's not like you become young again. So it's yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. Um, you, 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 so. you die and get older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, or what? die and get younger. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know which is weirder, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so, relationships are another really big thing that can change when they regenerate. Um, so, someone that is very dear to a Time Lord's heart will always be, um, no matter how many times they regenerate. So, for example, one of the Doctor's companions, um, Sarah Jane Smith, who is one of his best uh. friends, and um, she travels with him back in, like, the early, early seasons, like the black and white days. Um and then while the Doctor eventually leaves her behind, um, his 10th regeneration reunites with her. They're still very close friends, despite the fact that he's kind of moved on in a sense. And her cool dog. Um, canine. Yeah, good old canine. Um, well, canine doesn't count. He's, he's just above the humans. Canine's a robot dog, by the way. So cool ass. Yeah. There, there is, there. as I mentioned previously, while the new seasons of the show, they've always had human companions. Um, in the past, they had alien companions, they had robot companions, and K9 was one of these robot companions. That's cool, lads. Can we bring back robot companions? Because fuck yeah. yeah. Also, uh, can we bring back alien companions? Was K9 part of the uh, black and white days? Yeah. Um, I believe he was in. He was obviously in the early who, but I don't know if he goes quite as far back as black and white. Right. Yeah. But, so um, if he was I'm in the early sure. ones, no, it's just because he shows up in the more recent season and. A lot of Doctor Who's thing is having practical effects. Canine's a fucking clunky one. Boy, howdy, he's showing yeah, his age when yeah. he shows up in the more recent series. He moves yeah. like a fucking Roomba. 
Yeah, it just, it just it slides around on the floor, and you're like, yeah. "Wow, nice yeah. canine." Yeah, that that was one of those like very deliberate callbacks. Oh, to the it's original. hilarious. Um, I just think it's very funny that yeah. that shows today. Yeah, very exactly, well. exactly. No, my, um, no, my my favorite thing about that is the new seasons. Is that Daleks? So for people who don't know the Daleks, they slide around on what looks like wheels. So they slide around on what wheels in real life? They're probably like some sort of um, hover thing. It is, which. Um, but and they, they get to stairs, they're like, oh, don't worry, we're safe. Daleks can't go upstairs. And then it starts flying up the stairs. Really yeah, because that was in the in the original series, it was legit a thing that Daleks couldn't do stairs. Um so that oh, was it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. But then in the new season, when Russell T. Davis <laughs> brought it back, he was like, hmm, how can we make the new the original fans who are watching this for the first time in 20 years, how can we make them scared of Daleks again? Ah. They don't care about stairs. The stakes now. are just it's the so, stakes are raised. <laughs> yeah, literally so raised. If, if you had no context of it, though, they're yeah. just they're just like, don't worry, we're safe. This is a and then it starts yeah. flying yeah. up the yeah. stairs, yeah. and then yeah. really slowly, and they're like, what are we gonna do now? And then it cut to ads. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so um, this does change. So as I say, people that are like good friends and close to their heart with the Time Lord, they always are, no matter how many times they regenerate. But it does change the way they feel about certain people. Um, so, for example, the Tenth Doctor is shown to be very much in love with one of his companions. Um, but eventually he Toes. regenerates. Sorry? Toes. Rose. Toes. Toes, yeah. We'll go with toes. Toes. Um, but after <laughs> he eventually regenerates, um, he still has, like, a bit of... He still, like, mentions her name occasionally, but... He clearly doesn't have like that same feeling. He's, you know, marries someone else and is meant to be in love with another person, whatever. Just um, I mean, whatever he moves subplot. on. He, yeah, he exactly. Moves on. It's it's kind of the whole thing of they become a whole different person, so their emotions don't necessarily line up with the same people, if that makes sense. I mean, yes. That, but doesn't she get like trapped in another universe, so that's why they can't really be together? Yeah, but um they there's a thing around that which I won't I won't spill too much about the um you know, actual episodes of the show. But, um, but yeah, like, anyway. Just, sorry, because just, like, he does share emotions across, like, um, doctor, like doctors, because, like, mm. the Capaldi doctor still loves um, his wife. Fuck, I'm name. River Song. Right. River Song, still loves River yeah, Song. Yeah, exactly, it's... exactly. Um, th- that's what I mean. Like, it's not... Um, it's not, and even then, it's not a thing that always changes. And River Song's a little bit of a different story because she's weird. Um, well, well, they kind of, she only meets Capaldi that one time, and they're like That's true. together. But it's not the same as when Matt Smith was the one. The eleventh regeneration was the one that she was meant to be like married to and stuff more so. But um, anyway, true. it's just kind of like a subtle change in their character. Um, and of course, the love aspect is one small facet. For example. Um, the way that the Doctor treats someone else from the new show. Um, if anyone remembers Mickey Smith, um, he was origi- he was originally Rose's boyfriend until the Doctor kind of rocked up and screwed that up because he's a Poor dick. Guy. Um, yep. And when he changes between his ninth and tenth regeneration, he treats Mickey very differently. So where nine originally was really condescending to him and thought he was a massive dork, but eventually treated him with a lot of respect. Um, the 10th Doctor is just kind of completely dismissive. Um, just like, 
literally he gets when they're on the TARDIS, the three of them, him, Rose and Mickey, Mickey's like standing there pressing a button and the doctor and Rose are chatting away. And then he asks, Hey, can I take my finger off this button yet? And they're like, Oh, you're still here holding that button. And he'd been holding it for like way longer than you. Anyway, they just, yeah. Um, basically a 10th doctor was a massive dick to Mickey because poor Mickey. Yeah. yeah poor Mickey. Poor he got pretty hard. Poor, oh fuck no. We're not getting into that right here, right now. Fuck he you, doesn't guy. come off too badly, bless him. Um, I don't know what you'd call too badly. <laughs> yeah, he what? He does guard a box for like 10,000 <laughs> years. Rory gets the most shit of the entire series. Yeah, but he comes out all right in the end. I mean, yeah, that's I mean. fair. In comparison to other people. Um, the fact that he's not fucking scarred for life is amazing. Yeah, he's one of the few people that comes out not scarred for life and alive. So, um, anyway, so to... Alive. Put it simply and look at the most recent Doctors that I know well from my focus, which is, go figure, the new seasons. Um, just to give you a bit of an idea of how much these time, when they regenerate, how much Time Lords can change between their different regenerations. Um, all of them are, what's the word? They have this, de- always like deeply caring, the Doctor specifically, um, and a severe dislike of violence, especially guns, and all of them show some small amount of childishness at times. But otherwise, I'll say some of the unique traits just between um, three of the Doctors, you can get an idea of how much people can change when they regenerate. Um, so the Ninth Doctor was an emotionally charged figure who was... Um, basically just an amalgamation of fear, anger, and grief left over from the wake of the Time War. Um, he was... His his big flaw was that he was very aloof and cold, um, but he was also the most humble at times, and he was the quickest to sacrifice himself on multiple occasions, um, but ultimately he was massively stricken with survivor's guilt as he was the last surviving Time Lord and he'd killed everyone else, you know. He was real angry and sad, basically. Um... Then the Tenth Doctor was cheerful, charismatic, energetic, and often quite inappropriate, but he still had subtle hints of the survivor's guilt. Um, but due to his relationship with Rose, he'd mostly healed it. That's once again, that's more episode stuff, not so much lore that's important. Um, this incarnation, however, was very egotistical in the end, and he always was seeing himself as the smartest person in the room, which he was, but you know. Um, and he would always just dive in and take control of a situation and took it upon himself to dish out punishment, which he does a lot, and it gets quite um, horrendous at times, mm-hmm. um, quite dark in some of the episodes. And um, he's also a very tragic individual, losing his love interest, best friend, and all of his friends in the end. Um, but that's less of a personality thing and more of just the writer's decision. Um, so you can see how like the characters change quite a bit, um, mm. while keeping their core values the same. Then the last one is the 11th Doctor, who is quite a popular one. Um, he's very, chi- very, very childish, lively, eccentric, resourceful, and quick-thinking, um, able to spin things to his point of view and find positive outlooks in negative situations. After the 10th incarnation, went through a lot of depression post-losing all of his friends, um, the 11th sort of hit a hard reset and went in the complete opposite direction. Like he went from big, sad, dark story arcs to literally the polar opposite. Um, he lost all of the survivor's guilt and he just forgot it all in a sense. Um, 
and he completely lost his ego. He was like one of the most prone to embarrassing himself completely. Um, like even down to just his outfit, he'd walk around with like amazing, but goofy bow ties and stuff, which none of the other ones, well, in he the also, recent. Hmm? I feel like the 11th Doctor lost all sociability. He doesn't know how to yeah. be a human. He doesn't yeah, know exactly. Like, exactly. He doesn't know how to human. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, and he completely leans into his childish nature and often refers to himself as a madman with a box, um, which the other, the ninth and tenth example, they would never even, they'll be like, what, not just a madman in a box. Um, but his major flaw comes in the form of being much more manipulative than his predecessors, um, especially in his first season. He really manipulates people in like basically every episode, just like subtly moving them in the direction he wants them to go. Um, so you can see how there's similarities between them, but they are also very different at the same time. Um, I think the final thing I want to add about the changing part, um, the 10th Doctor, when he knows he is likely going to die soon and is sort of venting his fear slash anxiety about the upcoming fight he has, he tells his last friend that he can regenerate if he dies, but even if he does change, it feels like dying. Everything he is dies and some new man goes sauntering away and he is dead. So, yeah, that's just, like, an example of, sure, Time Lords can regenerate, but, like, it takes a heavy toll on them. Um, I don't want to go. Oh, yeah, don't, exactly. Don't make me sad again. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh. So, a little bit more info on regeneration before I just do some general Gallifrey stuff to wrap it up. They, they, they do, they do, they do put it as a death. It's like a death scene in the show. Yeah. Like, they, you're killing the, they, they, they like, remorse about all the killing time. that specific like... tone of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so a little bit more of just loose information because obviously the change part's the really complicated part to kind of wrap head around, especially if you've not seen the show because it's just like, wait, so they change, but they don't change, but they do change. Um, so they get 13 regenerations before they die for good, um, though there are ways around it. So for example, in the show, the Time Lords sent out more regeneration cycle it was a bit dumb, but it was also like, it's if you fucking, think about it, it just came out of the fucking sky. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like like we say, there's there's always bits of questionable writing. Um, and like, I mean, we like, see... okay, mm. I do, I like this little part. Like, does kind of annoy me because they had a perfectly good reason to keep them going. Because River Song gave him like eight generations to keep him alive one time. Mm. She stopped, mm. and she had more. Like, she had a ton more. They, they could just use that excuse, but though they went, sky beam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's 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 know. two perfectly good tubes tied together with a bit of duct tape. Deal with the duct tape, the tubes are good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so then the regeneration can be caused through other means than just taking serious injury or dying. So we see some doctors regenerate simply due to old age and fatigue. Um, don't quote me on it, but I think think i know one of the original series doctors it might have even been the first i think he literally just regenerates in the end because he's really old but i'm not certain i remember one of them does i think it might be the first but i'm not certain um so I'm old. um and yeah even it's even shown sometimes that the time lord can force themselves to regenerate if they choose to um so one of the incarnations, kind of 8.5, if you will, um, he's the doctor that fought in the time war. When he got to the end of the time war, he forced himself to regenerate because he was like, nah, this is the version that killed everyone. I'm moving on. Um, the war doctor. Yeah, war doctor. 
Um, so finally, it might just be a sorry, it might just be a new seasons of Doctor Who thing. I'm not completely certain if it goes way back to the originals, but it's very much become canon at this point. Um, that's canon. Um, I know, I, I know, we ditched that a while. <laughs> there, was anyway. no, there was no enthusiasm in that. Come on, dude, we'll get behind it if you give us some enthusiasm. That's canon. Yeah, I'm not supporting oh, this facade. Um, <laughs> so the the thing that's it's become canon. I don't know if it's an original show thing, but when they regenerate, the first face they see becomes very important to them. Um, so with the tenth Doctor, the first face he sees is Rose Tyler, who becomes his sole love interest for the entire time that he's alive. Um, it's like a fucking duckling s- imprinting on a gun. Yeah, literally, literally. Um, then the 11th Doctor, the first person he sees is Amy Pond, and then she becomes not exactly a love interest, but his, like, absolute closest friend, who, when she sort of dies, literally sends him into, like, a couple hundred year long depression. Um, and that's and yeah, like, same thing. When, when he dies, he sees her as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when he dies, he sees, like, a ghost of her, basically. So, um, it's... Yeah, and then the same thing happens with Capaldi's doctor. He sees Clara, and she becomes very important to him. It's Clara. just kind of... Clara. Um, Clara. Good Lord. That is... Uh, if anyone wants to see some toxicity in a fan base, good Lord, look at oh. the controversy of her character. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, they, she wasn't the worst in the end, but, like, God, <laughs> it was a weird, a weird introduction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, just do um, a little bit of information about Gallifrey to kind of wrap up. Um so Gallifrey itself, their homeworld, has four known cities on its surface. Two of them are the main big ones. The other ones are like, it's kind of up in the air if they're official. I'm not going to talk about them at all because it's like a thing that... Because the thing with Doctor Who lore as well, there's the TV show, but there's also a shitload of audio dramas, books, comic books, all sorts of stuff, random web episodes that all contribute to this confusing pile of canon. Um <laughs> So, um, to say that these other cities would be official canon, eh, who knows? But they're mentioned like in loose comics. So I'll just I acknowledge their existence, but won't talk about them at all. They're, they're, um, they're a canon, but they might not be the canon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the main city is the Citadel, um, also known as the capital, and this is a massive, grand city surrounded by a dome-like force field thing. Um, for viewers, if you picture kind of similar architecture to Asgard in the MCU, the sort of space elfy vibes, and then put like a massive force field around it, you're kind of along the right lines. Dude, watch out. It's behind you. <laughs> I know. My Zoom background for these two fools, so they can see what it looks like. Um, and then the other city that you know about from the show is Arcadia, which is um, a large city where vastly more people live compared to the capital and in the time war it was protected by over 300 sky trenches which were considered to be indestructible um what obviously go figure how how do you dig a sky trench (laughs) tell us more i was in the trenches in the sky (laughs) (laughs) think like a trench but take away Everything, but it's the like trench. a mechanical. It's it's yeah. It's, it's basically just a skyship, but they call them sky trenches because I guess they're designed to stay in the one place and be just massive turrets or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if they're long and narrow, you get the same sort of fall back, move around sort of. Thing. I guess that works. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Think, yeah, yeah, think, exactly. think about think about the trench, but take all the ground away. And it's just <laughs> think about the trench, but take away the trench and put it in the sky. Exactly. Put it just. Yep, <laughs> what? Yep. 
Um, the, the trench part is the the not yeah. the absence yeah. of ground. <laughs> That's the trench. Yeah, yeah. How could you have the um, absence of sky? <laughs> yes, that is the only answer. Um, so yeah, we'll <laughs> leave it at dirt floating up there. Oh, so we'll leave it at the citadel and arcadia um the citadel of course the grand city that's where the eye of harmony the main one is located etc um and anyway the next part that is interesting about time lord law um in gallifrey specifically is the academy so while we don't know a whole lot about the exact teachings of the academy um we know that there were many different chapters and these chapters taught a variety of subjects as you'd expect for super intelligent space people um so there could be like a chapter dedicated to a form of mathematics there could be a chapter focused i think the basic gist of it that i got you could think of it like all time lord education comes from the academy and when you go to the academy you pick a chapter and the chapter's kind of like doing a degree, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. How do Time Lords grow up? Because I know they do, they do meet the time the Doctor as a kid once. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about their childhood. They, The Doctor still... this Once again, there's no official word on when they reach adulthood, but we know from a throwaway line in a random episode, thanks, Wiki, um, that the Doctor considers himself a kid when he was, like, 90 years old. So somewhere around, like, the 100 mark is presumably when they become an adult in their eyes. So I wonder, like, are they, like, elves in, like, other uh, realms? Where they, like, do they grow, like, really slowly? Like, they're kids for ages and they grow really slowly? Yeah, it's more like that. They're, they're kids yeah. for... Well, yeah. I mean, there's also something to be said about an infinite race. It's a long puberty. It's, but it's also something to be said about an infinite race, like, length timeline race because if you have a group who like don't get old they sort of just have the education period that they think suffices i don't think that it necessarily mm. like if you're infinitely long your childhood doesn't therefore become infinitely long like you just do what's sort of yeah. necessary and they've decided like about 100 yeah. years yeah. yeah it'll do yeah exactly, yeah exactly um so this is once again a quote from the 10th doctor because he talks a bit about the academy in one of the episodes um so children of Gallifrey are taken from their families at the age of eight to enter the academy. Um, the novices are taken for initiation, so the kids taken for initiation, standing in front of the untempered schism, which is a gap in the fabric of reality through which can be seen the whole of the time vortex. And they'd stand there, eight years old, staring at the raw power of time and space. Um, some would be inspired, some would run away, and some would just lose their mind. Because that's a fun thing to do to kids when they enter a school. This is this is. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'd actually have to say this, but this sounds like a worse. It's more dangerous school than Hogwarts, to be honest. It does, doesn't it? Um, like, eight, fair, they're eight. They're eight. Yeah. And these yeah. are. Oh yeah, could you add uh, just real quick? It's just an initiation thing, you know. Um. Oh, we we used to have a hat that we put on kids, but now now we just make them look into the uh, time. Dude, vortex. did you hear about um, last last year's hazing? We put we like made them like wear these dumb hats and we threw eggs at them, bruh. And it's like, oh, this year we're gonna make <laughs> them look into hazing, the untempered schism. Make them look into the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this year's hazing, we're gonna make them look into the time vortex and see if they go insane. Dude, that's sick. <laughs> Um, and then we're gonna do, and then we're gonna do body shots. <laughs> and the um, yeah. So the other thing that's kind of wild about it um, is that that would mean that there's a lot of time lords that are just straight up insane, which is kind of which is kind of wild when you think about it. Because um, even if like you know, it's not a simple one in three chance you'll either be inspired, run away, or go insane. Even if it's like a sixty percent inspired. 
39% run away and 1% go mad. There's still going to be a lot of mad people out there, you know. I like the fact this is yeah, like, like the ma- the master's the master goes mad, right? Yep, but his the madness that he has comes from a slightly different thing as well. That's okay, but, a little bit more complicated with him. But doesn't he still get taught? So if the do the mad kids still get taught? Yep. It's the Slytherin house. It's, yeah, I was going to say it's Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're aware. Hey, I'm yeah, exactly. the other thing fuckers. is that ma- exactly. the other thing is that madness doesn't necessarily mean evil. It just means yeah, unhinged. Exactly. So that can be good sometimes. Valuable, valuable scientists. Um, yeah. The other thing is, I think it's extremely funny that there's some that are inspired because that's not specific. Because our doc, the doctor, is inspired to heal, inspired to save. I'm, I'm imagining like one kid. It's like your turn, Greg. Stands up, looks into the vortex, turns away. I really want to get into accounting. It's like really inspired. <laughs> I will. I will quickly. I will quickly say, um, the doctor does say afterwards as one of his companions. Well, the companions with the mask. So which one were you? And he said, "Oh, run away always." He's he's one of the ones that ran away. Coward. Um, yeah, that's uh, good. Which he is, always yeah. runs away. That's the thing with the doctor. He always runs yeah, away. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, what um, a time. What a time lord considers scary is fairly relative to what we would consider scary. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I always wonder in, he's, like, the off episodes, because, like, the main episodes, you get some scary alien races, but, like, he doesn't run away from too many of them. Like, if they get a bit too scary. Are there off episodes where he r- arrives and there's, like, a Lovecraftian horror, like, taking over a galaxy? He's like, mm, no, I'm not going to deal with this one. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, because it's always... Um, nah, I'm good. <laughs> what's the word? It's always alluded to, because the, the, the companion and the Doctor always, like, talk about a thing. Oh, do you remember when we did that thing? And it's like, hang on, we didn't see that episode. And it's like, yes, they do do other journeys that aren't in the show. Mm. Um, and some of those have books about them. Some of them have comics about them. Um, it's like I say, it's really fucking confusing how much shit contributes to the law, which is what makes it such a mess. Cause there's like literally random comics from like 2006 that are considered important canon for the doctor at that point in time. So it's like remarkable. What? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, man, Mira's losing her mind today. Um, We'll just appreciate that dog for a sec. She's um, just real cute and she wants you to respect welcome her. Welcome to the show, our yeah, fourth exactly. co-host. It's pretty, exactly. it's pretty simple. Yes, yes. Well, she was she was trying to get into... The, before we started filming for um, viewers, filming a uh, recording for um, She listeners. tried to. She got in. Yeah, she she nudged her way into the door and was just like, I want to join the podcast, guys. So um, she's in. I think so, she could um, probably replace one of us. You'd have more intellectuals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, so the last thing I want to talk about dare, was... Guys. <laughs> Um, last thing I want to talk about with the Time Lords um, is their death um, back when their planet still existed. Um, so when their planet was a thing and they all lived there, they had this thing called the Matrix, which was kind of a supercomputer in a sense. It was like a supercomputer that wasn't AI. Um, and when you died, because after they became Time Lords, their death wasn't the same because they would regenerate. And when they died... They their bodies disappeared, kind of Jedi style. Don't make the joke. Don't um, make the joke. Don't 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 make that joke. Yep. 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 Do it. Do it. No. 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 Wait. 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 I. I just. I'm more focused. They disappeared Jedi style. Yep. When they originally. Okay. So and that is because that is because when they when they die, their consciousness got uploaded to the Matrix, which was this um 
like I say, kind of an AI-esque supercomputer thing, and it was a collection of every single Time Lord's consciousness that had ever lived and died. Fair enough. I wish the kids over yeah, the back fence... What do they do with it? I wish the kids over the back fence would have a good time somewhere else. <laughs> what, just, what do they do? Like to... <laughs> hmm? What do they do with it? It's just kind of there as... um. Oh, there is... <laughs> It's kind of like their Google, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, you look so up history. The interesting thing, um, the TARDIS, which anyone that watches the show, is kind of also super smart computer, because, you know, the Doctor will just, like, search something up in the TARDIS's data banks, and then it comes back with uh, readings. That is because that is kind of, in a sense, a snapshot of the Matrix knowledge. So... All of the they can basically browse through information that's collected through Time Lords' lives, and then once they've died, their information gets uploaded. I'm imagining the Matrix in its very early stages when there's like <laughs> three Time Lords. It's like you want to browse Greg. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like it's kind of oh shit, kind of a shitty database. Really boring dude, die. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like it's like uh, would you like to call a friend? It's cool. Hey, uh, Greg, do you, do you know do you, do you know what uh, the capital of um, Berlin is? Well, the is? other thing is, it's not even like <laughs> no. a friend. It's <laughs> it's like um, it's like an old person as well. It's like oh wow, yeah. <laughs> yes, a lot of yeah. call, call a lot of problematic opinions call in here, huh? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you type a question into right. Google, and Google starts fighting with itself. <laughs> is it right to kill this race? Yes, do it. No, don't. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. Um, what if yeah? What if people have conflicting stories? It, it, it aggregates. I'm imagining just into a general opinion yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so it's, it's just pretty. What's the right way to make a toasty? Well, well, well. We're gonna the, have a little debate here. <laughs> the really, the really wild thing that happens as well. Um, they, uh, Rassilon, I mentioned before, the dude that was like one of the first leaders who created time travel and created the Eye of Harmony and stuff. Um, cause obviously go figure he died from old age or whatever. Cause he was like tens of like 10 million years ago, but he is still a character in Doctor Who now because when he died, he got uploaded to the matrix. And then when the time Lords are going into the time war, they resurrected Rassilon by basically creating him body and downloading his consciousness from the matrix. You can um, do that. I'm pretty sure it's yes, but it involved effectively killing someone in the process. So that's why okay, it's right. not a thing they just do. I thought this was going to be like an, if they could do this, <laughs> this is like an Im infomercial for uh, uh, yeah. uh, Time Lord lives. <laughs> and now you get fourteen, mm. and with this special deal, you can get double. And wait, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for just so nine ninety nine, call now. Kill a dude and get an extra life. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty, yeah, it, it, I think from memory, once again, don't quote me on this, I think from memory it involved basically going, okay, here is a willing Time Lord, Rassilon's going to be downloaded into this person, and that person will be dead. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of fucked, it was because he was like their, um, how to put it bluntly, it'd be like... Messiah, Messiah. Guy. Yeah, it'd be like if, I don't know, Jesus. like... 400 years britain was going to uh, whatever's left of britain goes to war and they're like we should resurrect winston churchill because he led us through a war i don't know something like that you know basically resurrecting a great past or, leader or whatever 
Or like America resurrecting George Washington or Yeah, exactly, exactly. Specifically a great wartime leader, sorry. But like <laughs> even even now, that was like what, that was ten millions ten million years ago. Yeah. Like imagine now resurrecting someone from a hundred years ago. Their ideas would be so far behind the time. You have to catch him up on a lot. Is, which is what actually contributes if um once again this kind of comes from the new show. But um, the Doctor introduces the idea that the Time Lords, where they used to be these like really mighty benevolent people in their final stages of the Time War, because of Rassilon being very dated and prejudiced and stuff, they became a really evil race. And that's part of the reason that the Doctor kills them all in the end. Um, and there's a really, really interesting scene in the right before the Tenth Doctor dies, um, where he's having this like final fight with one of his enemies and um someone's trying to make him take a gun they're like you you need to use a gun and he's you know against guns completely that's not his thing he doesn't just go in and kill people um but then he hears that the time lords are coming back and they're basically like rassilon's kind of escaping out of the time war and their death and everything and as soon as he hears that they're coming back he just grabs the gun straight Grabs away gun, and is ready yeah. to use it um which just kind of gives you an idea of how messed up they were toward the end of the war. Like, they became a very, very dark race. Um, Hitler was pretty good at so, leading yeah. troops. Yeah, it literally, no, literally, <laughs> Rassilon is like Hitler. <laughs> um, he sure can bring a populace together. Boy, howdy. He's a great general. Well, when, no, yeah, when you, can, when you consider the fact that Rassilon came into a race completely out of nowhere with a political party, with new technology... And then created a master race and sought to convert everyone into that master race. Oh and boy! Then became a great wartime leader. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. No, no. BBC's oh, at it again. Okay. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By BBC. <laughs> BBC. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. The last the last thing I'll also, I'll also quickly... I know I did mention it earlier, but did the Matrix steal the Matrix from Doctor Who? They might have actually. It's Good the point. Matrix. What what year was the Matrix? Like two thousand. Later than nineteen sixty three. Yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, because the Matrix was like around in the seventies, sixties, seventies sort of time. Hey Siri, wait, wait, when wait, wait, was wait, wait. the Matrix, Matrix made? Don't ask Google. I'm asking Siri. I'm on it. Which one? Uh, nineteen ninety nine. I was two okay. years off. It's possible. I mean, it's. A little bit different because the Matrix is like a sim. Sorry, the the Matrix movie is like a simulation, whereas they aren't alive in the Doctor Who Matrix. It's just like their yeah. knowledge has been uploaded. It basically just goes, "Okay, your brain is now a hard drive, and I'm adding those files to my supercomputer." It is interesting though. They've been like mm. uploaded mm. to the Matrix. It's like yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's <laughs> that's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So the final thing before I say any random dumb questions that you want to throw at me. Um, because you guys made a school group project out of them last time. Um, <laughs> the to answer question about titles, um, it's a little bit complicated in a sense that they go figure. It was one of those things when they originally made the show, they just wanted him to be called the Doctor because it was catchy. Um, and then it was also something that I find hilarious in the like original seasons of the show. It was a genuine gag at like the end of most episodes after the doctor had left, you know, leaves a spaceship after saving everyone leaves a planet after protecting the world and stuff. One of the characters would go, what was his name? Did, was it just the doctor? Uh, yes. Doctor who though. And then that would be the end of the episode. 
Yeah, yeah, literally how 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 like terrible is like the cheesiest thing ever, but that's like a genuine thing they did supposedly. In my head Um, with the current tone to the camera. In my head with the current tone of the show, that line sounds more like it's gonna be followed by the Seinfeld theme tune than the Doctor Who one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all the that's all for today, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so like um, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Looney Tunes, come on. And um, yeah, Looney then they Tunes. started. Then they started, you know, introducing characters like another Time Lord named the Master, who's sort of the Doctor's biggest rival or whatever. Um, so that some Time Lords had titles, some Time Lords had names, and some of them had a name and a title. Um, the best way to explain it is generally speaking because a lot of time lords left Gallifrey to go adventure because they could fucking travel through time and even to become like agents and stuff and do tasks they were given like the doctor was originally given tasks to do by Gallifrey and stuff when they became time lords that left the planet it was very common that they would leave their name behind and pick up a title so that's why the doctor is the doctor because he went off to travel um and then, yeah, whatever the name that they choose is symbolic of something to them. Um, oh yeah, because he has and, a um, he has a name. He tells it to River Song, doesn't he? Yeah, he he does and he doesn't like. He technically does, but then it's also like you. It's like never, the, fa- no, we, the fandom we, we, doesn't know what it is. Oh, the fandom's never going to know. We don't what it know. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, exactly. and it's like the Cl- I remember the Clara thing was like I know his name and I know why he doesn't tell people and that. I was like, ah, yeah, <laughs> why. Yeah. <laughs> Tell um, us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, the inter- the um, ugh, words. Um, His name's yeah. like Jim. <laughs> it's just Tim. <laughs> there is there is actually um, <laughs> there is actually a thing that's kind of random, but um, there's a comic that when I have re- when I sorry I didn't find because I'm not gonna fucking go out and buy a random ass comic from like 2008. Holy shit, no. Um. But I did find out about it from the wiki, and I genuinely had to, like, fact-check that it was a genuine comic and not just a fanfic from the internet. Um, This is how terrible it is, but this is canon, folks. Um, (laughs) So we mentioned before how there was the Tenth Doctor, and then he was... um, You were saying, Matt, how he had Rose, but they got separated by this parallel universe thing. Um, The kind of end of that is where he accidentally the doctor that is accidentally creates a human form clone of himself and then that version of him goes to live out a life with rose in the parallel universe um yeah just don't question um and there's like a whole comic that's written that's about those two just kind of living a normal life in the parallel world and in that life he chooses a name for himself other than the doctor which what's the name like it was some really fucking tim allen it It was was tim allen um, no, nah, I'm not going to check actually because it's really bad. Steve I remember... Jobs. I was thought you were about Steve to say Steve Jobs. Buscemi. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. No, oh, he's God. Debbie. De- yeah, Debbie yeah. Levito. <laughs> no, nah, it's it's some um, it's like Corin or something super just like he's Danny you know. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's it's just, it's kind of just a oh, that's really disappointing and edgy for a name. But anyway, okay. um, cool. Yeah, but no, it's an interesting fact. Um, what was that? Yeah, that was um. The, I think that was. I went a bit of a tangent there, but um, yeah. Any any final questions? What's up with the bubble? What's up with the bubble around, yeah, the, city? A bubble around the city? It's, it's fucking force field. They walk. <laughs> they walk around outside it. It's not in inhospitable. Yeah. They're chilling. 
Yeah, but also it's why why is why 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 in the just in the city that that seems like fine land to build houses on behind you. Why why not build some houses there? Why only in the city? Um, there is oh shit! I think I left out a really good quote about Gallifrey. Actually, fuck. Um, did I? Like, why are there only four cities? I feel like you should make more of the whole planet. Like, yeah, you know, there's um, it's it said that there is um. Uh, what am I sort of trying to say? It said that there's more, um, like towns and stuff, but it's more we don't really know that much about Gallifrey more than this is all there is, if that makes sense. Fair um, enough. Fair so it'd be like if someone had been to Earth and then they wrote a thing about Earth, but they'd only seen like London, I don't know, France. New York, Beijing, and Paris or something. And it was like, yes, there was these four cities. It's like you can kind of infer that there would be more settlements. Okay, but... fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, um, I remember. I just want, I, can I? Can, I'm gonna tell. Can I tell a quick story about the? I don't, you probably have you guys seen the episode? Um, <laughs> the episode where I think it's the episode where the eleventh Doctor meets the eighth Doctor, or the third. I think he meets like the. I think he meets the third Doctor. The Eleven Doctor meets the Third Doctor, and he fixes the ship. And it was really interesting because they, they I don't know, they, somehow in the time their ship's got like mold into one, and he fixes it. And there's like the other Doctor asks, "How did you know how to do this?" Oh, because I was you once, and I watched me how to do this. Yeah, which that's is like actually, what? That's that's actually um, a Tenth Doctor thing. Um, tenth Doctor, sorry, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's and like a because there's, there's like, a what? bunch of like DVD extras they filmed, and it was one of these like you know five minute little snippets they did. Um, but yeah, that that sort of random stuff where it's just like it doesn't make sense because it's a paradox. Where does the idea come works. from? It's a mm-hmm. paradox. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other thing. There's a whole bunch of those. It was originally it was like a um, thing they made for children in need, and then Red Cross Foundation, all sorts of stuff. Where it was just like a five minute Doctor Who short that they did for children or whatever. Um, and then it's all cool because like it's cool, you know, they're making this thing for charity and stuff. But it gets really difficult when those things are then considered canon, and it's impossible to really find them anywhere apart from like obscure DVDs and stuff. Yeah, I mean, how does a satellite like... get into orbit? It's got to stabilize. That's always been my thought about those time paradox loop things. Mm, mm, mm. There's a stabilizing event at the beginning. Oh, yeah. yes. That's just a thought. Um, Sonic screwdrivers, were they always just catch-alls? And why don't they work on wood? Is it because it's Sonic? Because that's not how wood do. <laughs> no. Well, I'll be honest, I left out Sonic screwdrivers because they're not specifically a Time Lord thing. That's just... It's just a, um, doctor thing. <laughs> yeah, literally. It like he uses one, but it's just a. Um, uh, it's just a. Um, I think in the first season of New Who, he mentions when he meets everyone's favorite um, bravado captain Jack Harkness. Yes. yes, yes. I was literally thinking of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he mentions Jack has a sonic blaster, and then oh. um, he talks about he talks about the factory that he used to get sonic blasters from, and he's like. But someone blew up the Sonic Blaster factory, and the Doctor was like, "You're welcome." Um, well, so no, you no, get he it says, from like he says, I, he, he says, "I went there once," and then mm-hmm. D- Jack's like, "Yeah, well, did you hear it blow up?" And I'm like, "He's like, yeah, once, Only once, yeah, yeah." So you get you get <laughs> yeah, these yeah. Sonic tools from like interstellar burnings. Yeah, literally. Okay, literally. Fair, fair, fair. It's just like <laughs> that's a, great, that's and great. that's part uh, of the yeah. reason why I dare say 
because of the way that the show shows off Time Lord technology, if the Sonic Screwdriver was a Time Lord creation, there wouldn't be much excuse for it not working. Yeah. But because it's like a space bunning... Fuck. Um, it's a space bunnings thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And uh, I like when yeah. he pulls it out, and when he pulls it out in front of Jack, and Jack's like, is that a screwdriver? <laughs> How's that going to fucking help? <laughs> it's no, yeah, um, yeah, what's, what's the scene? When they're being attacked by all the... Um, gas mask monsters yeah. and um, he's like i've got a sonic blaster up, what have you got i've got a sonic device what kind yeah. of sonic device it's sonic hey, hey guys what is it <laughs> hey guys shut up oh my god it's so creepy i hate it it's a good <laughs> fucking episode <laughs> that was it a great episode good. um that was um that was a Stephen moffat episode mm. oh yeah um, so yeah. so um the doctor did he get the name from people or did people get that name from him because there, there's a both i'm pretty sure there's both quotes as well <laughs> yeah it's it's the other thing as well that's kind of a fan it's half a fan theory half a legitimate thing um that because as we mentioned the tardises have like this they're a telepathic thing they're not just a machine um and the doctor always establishes early on that when you travel in the tardis the telepathy of the machine gets in your head and translates all language mm. Um, yeah. so that's why the British speaking companions, plot yeah, it's one of those things that's like convenient plot, but also it's kind of cool and it makes sense in the world. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's all, like, all, all people in the universe speak English. Good. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Um, and it's just, it's cool. Cause it means, you know, the British speaking companions or whatever the nationality they are, um, can understand all the aliens and all the aliens can understand them. Um, but the interesting thing about that is that it kind of posits the theory. Does that mean that the whole time the doctor's speaking, he's actually speaking Gallifreyan? He's never yes. speaking English. And yeah. then, of course, that therefore means, does that mean that he's never, to him, the name isn't Doctor? It's he's saying a different name, but it just somehow translates into Doctor. I was going to say, because there stuff. was the, the mm. mention of heaven mm. at one point during one of the war bits. Mm. It's like, do they have a concept of Christianity? Is they, have the British get that far? Yeah. Mm. Exactly, exactly. It's like, what? <laughs> um, do the Gallifreyans have religion? Um, they worship I think the time vortex. From... <laughs> yeah, I think... I would too, mate. It's a time vortex. <laughs> to put it like, I think the way that they're shown off is that in their earlier days, they did have religion and stuff, but um, they sort of step away from it a little bit once they become super... Because the, the kind of whole issue of the Time Lords, especially the later days ones, they start to see themselves as gods. Um, I mean, they kind of the, are. Yeah, they, they, to them, they are the gods of the universe. So, you know, that's not unfair. So, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. Look. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the fucking weird ass law. Well, some of the weird ass law that's with this fucking old ass show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. That, that was a really cool journey. Thank you, Jude. Yeah, thanks. Um, it was good. I feel really sorry for people watching this if they haven't watched Doctor Who, but I hope we explained it properly <laughs> that it kind of get the gist of what actually happened. And they might just have to, if they if they can, look up some pictures of Doctor it's Who. It's easy. Just even watch the show. Just binge all nine yeah. seasons. Just on the, <laughs> It's not on Netflix anymore. It's not really Australia. Good. God damn it. Mm, mm. Um, well, with VPN... No. <laughs> oh Shit, we don't have um, a sponsor. Damn it. <laughs> no, we can't say the name. Uh, BPN. VPN. No, the v we're allowed to say VPN. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking to each other over the internet. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
With our Zycrophones and our bed... Uh, th- thank you, Boot and, Gu- and Buy. These are all copyrighted <laughs> properties. If you speak the name of any copyrighted <laughs> property, you're assumed to be sponsored by them. Yes, uh, yeah, yes, Bok de Boo. Fucked oh, up with Bok Bunnings earlier. Imagine if we got a Bunnings sponsorship. That would be sick. Oh, shit, how are we supposed to change Bunnings? Because we can't just replace <laughs> the first letter with B. <laughs> well, I guess we're fucked. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> they start with B, they're immune. Shit. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah. And if, if, yeah. if we can't say old dear because it's old beer, shit, you sound like an alcoholic. <laughs> well, what do you mean sound like? Uh, shut up! I don't know about you two. <laughs> you drink way more than I do. Uh, I was looking for a New Zealand boy, but um, anyway, fair. <laughs> so um, thanks, thanks for listening, I drink to everybody. Cope, okay, <laughs> don't, don't we all in isolation? <laughs> Uh, I looked into the time vortex when I was a young, young boy, and I drank yeah, coke. You, you went mad. Um, <laughs> I look into the so, time so vortex wait, and became so wait, a healer. I, I looked into the time the, vortex I, and became an enslaver of great nations. I looked into the time vortex and became a fucking alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. does, uh, do, do you know what the time vortex for us is? Is YouTube comment sections. Oh yeah. Do not stare. Does, does that mean? Does that mean that? Um. So if Matt's gone mad. I pretty clearly ran away because, you know, I left England and stuff. Does that mean that Guy's inspired? Guy's inspired. <laughs> guy's, guy's inspired. Look at that hair. Guy's inspired. Look at that mustache. <laughs> we can't see. Oh, beautiful. That's inspiring. We're <laughs> under headphones yes. most of the time. It's still, it's still pretty good. Oh, guy has more hair on his head than both of me and Jude. I basically just haven't cut it since I came out of high school because I was like, you know what? My high school had hair cutting policies. I'm not, I'm not conforming anymore. <laughs> <laughs> An isolation gives you a really good thing. Anyway, so we should probably end the episode. Yeah, right. Before we just start probably end the podcast. About to be fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, bye. Wait, Matt's got a question. What's going on? Wait. So, so um, what was his name? Doctor. <laughs> Doctor Who. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then it fades into le- you, the, the, music, the loot music. Thank you for listening music. to Living by the Law. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends. The link is in the description, and thank you in advance. Also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Living by the Law to keep updated on all the latest about our podcast. We have been, and always will be, Living by the Law. Thank you for your company and good night.